0: Hey y'all, welcome to Brianna Approved, a podcast for people who like a holistic approach to real science and clinical research on all things nutrition, botanicals, and balance. I'm your host Brianna DiOrio, clinical nutritionist, herbal practitioner, and recovering super spaz. Hey y'all, thank you for listening hopefully to the first episode of the podcast. I did a poll on Instagram and wanted to hear what you all wanted to learn more about and tis the season for all things detoxification. So that is going to be what we are going to talk about today. You know, this is a very interesting topic because there are people who are on, you know, a very extreme side where they, you know, listen to a lot of bro science, as I like to call it, where they do things like waist trainers and seven-day juice cleanses, and then there are people who believe in detoxification for, you know, different benefits as far as fasting, and there's definitely research that can support benefits of detoxification. However, this subject matter has gotten wildly out of hand, and hopefully we are going to, you know get rid of some of these myths and get down to some science. So today we're gonna talk a little bit about what detoxification really means. We're gonna talk about different detoxification organs because believe it or not, as much as I love the liver, that is not our only detoxification organ. And then we are gonna go into our different phases of detoxification and then do a botanical brie spotlight. And if you listen all the way to the end, I will tell you how to get a little bit of extra credit points so you can get a gold star, which is very rare on the Brianna approved plan. And this might have to become a two part episode. So I hope you enjoy and I'm excited to drop some knowledge with y'all. It's that time of the show where we do our fun fact for the day while I sip cafe. It is 6.34pm on a Saturday night, so I will be sipping cafe while I'm recording this. Did you know our liver filters nearly 380 liters of blood every day, which is roughly around 100 gallons. So yes, I absolutely love the liver. I think it's an amazing organ. It contributes to over 500 functions in the body, but detoxification is a much bigger conversation. Believe it or not, the global detox product market is valued at around $50 billion. So am I tired of hearing the word detox as a nutritionist? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to slow down anytime soon? Probably not because the entire word detox has been hijacked by the health industry, which is really unfortunate because it's a super important process in the body It's very complex and it's something that our body actually does naturally on its own every day. When I was doing some research for this episode, I found a quote that I thought was interesting. They said that uh, the term detox is the marketing equivalent of drawing go faster stripes on your car. And I couldn't agree more because I think what it's doing is setting people up for failure where they're doing these really extreme approaches to weight loss, which again, detoxification and weight loss are two entirely different conversations. You can certainly lose weight on a detox program, but that actually has nothing to do with, quote, toxins in your body, which I'll do an episode on that at a later time. But what people need to understand is that detoxification is the process of removing substances from your body, right? So this is not one reaction. It's a process that involves a lot of reactions and a lot of players, there's a lot of enzymes involved, there's a lot of genes involved. There's it's It's a team effort. And so it's basically the body's way of eliminating and or neutralizing toxins, quote, I'm going to use that word loosely, because again, I think that's been a term that has become oversimplified. But When we're talking about detoxification and eliminating or neutralizing these things that we come in contact with, we're using the liver, we're using the kidneys, we're using our urine, feces, and then even things like breathing and sweating. So those are all going to be very important parts of the detoxification process. And what a lot of people don't realize is that there's a couple of different pillars when it comes to detoxification. Number one, the extent of your exposure to toxins. The dose makes the poison. I say this all the time because it applies to so many different areas of life. We can't just take things out of context and say everything is toxic, right? So how long have you been exposed to a quote, toxin? Your toxic bucket, I talk about this a lot as well. Number two, we have to go and assess what is your ability or your body's ability to neutralize or excrete the toxins. So again, this is building your health toolbox. What kind of tools are you giving your body to deal with these toxins that we're exposed to? Again, because this is a natural process that occurs on its own. And if we have all the tools that we need, And we're setting up a really nice solid health house, right? That foundation, it's gonna be able to deal with when we come in contact with a pollen or toxins from, you know, water we're drinking or whatever. So, how long you've been exposed to something, right? The dose compounded by how great is your body doing on its own with dealing with this, and then your commitment to actually supporting these detoxification pathways. So when we talk about detoxification organs, your liver and your gut share a lot of the same enzymes, which we'll get into. That deal with actually breaking down these quote toxins. So yes, it's really great to pay attention to those, but it's kind of like being a mom. You know, you can't really just pick one favorite child. You love them differently for different reasons. And so we have different organs that we love the liver and we love the gut. They get a lot of PR and a lot of great press, but we have to love all of our detoxification organs because they all play a role. And if you ignore a kid, right, one of your children, they're probably going to like lash out and do things to try and get your attention, or maybe they won't respond to you positively. So, you know, making light of it, but our organs might do something like this as well. So yes, supporting our liver and gut, but also our kidneys, our lungs, our lymphatic system, which I will do an entire episode on, our colon and our skin. These are all of our detoxification organs. So you can give your liver all the love you want, but until you start paying attention to your other kids, quote, kids' organs, you're not gonna have a a happy and healthy functioning family unit, which is your body and its ability to detoxify. Now, when we are talking about reducing the impact of your toxins, number one, we can, of course, minimize our exposure and absorption in the first place. We're seeing a lot of this right now in Corona, right? We're, we're living in bubbles and we're not, you know, going out. That's not actually totally great. There's a lot of research that talks about, you know, germ theory and uh, kids who are exposed to germs earlier in life actually have more microbiome diversity later in life. And I always joke and I say, make germs cool again. So we don't want to totally avoid toxins. and Then we develop a, a very weak immune response, right? A soft immune response. We're not really helping the body in any way. But we also, again, want to develop a certain routine that's going to support these detoxification pathways on a regular basis. So we're going to get a little hippy-dippy for a minute and talk about the Chinese body clock, whether you love it or hate it. But there's some pretty cool you know, research on this in, in the Chinese world. And you know they talk about how different times of the day we have different organs that are optimizing their function and their capabilities to, quote, detox. So if you find yourself waking up between, you know, 1 and 3 a.m., there's some research that talks about that's when your liver is, uh, you know, maybe problematic because it can have elevated liver enzymes. Um, you know, if you're having issues with your bowel movements, right, that's when things like our our intestines should be a little bit more active, so it's something that you can definitely Google. I can get into it later, but um, there are these different times where our things like our lungs, you know, are optimal between three and five a.m. If you're noticing that you're waking up between five and seven a.m., that's when our large intestines is supposed to be more active according to the Chinese clock. So something to think about and something to pay attention to if you're trying to figure out, well, like I love my liver all the time and I support it. What else could be going on? Maybe it's your large intestines, maybe it's your lung, maybe it's your gallbladder. So we have to look at the big picture. Again, because teamwork makes the dream work, as we know, when it comes to all things health. I'm really, really big on analogies, and I think a really great way to think about what's going on with detoxification and your detoxification organs is thinking about it as an open highway, right? We want to have a healthy highway of elimination. I lived in California for three and a half years, and it is the most traffic I have ever dealt with in my life. Now, I also grew up in New Jersey, so I am used to road rage and people trying to merge, particularly summer traffic on a Friday. So this analogy I think should be able to hit home with a lot of people. So I want you to think about your elimination routes like a major highway, right? So, and all the waste products and the chemicals that you come in contact with and toxins and all of that, that you want to move your body like the cars, right? So those are all like the little cars. The more lanes that we have open, the more the cars can move faster. If any one of these lanes is closed, it's going to cause a traffic jam, right? Cars are going to get backed up. Uh, things aren't going to move as efficiently, all the lanes need to be open. So this is obviously an oversimplification. But think about when you've been, you know, on a highway, a major highway, and all of a sudden one lane closes, you start to get super angry and super anxious and irritable. And maybe you have a craving that all of a sudden kicks in because your stress response is going. This is what's happening as well when we don't support all those lanes being open. So again, the stomach, the liver, the small intestines, the colon, the skin, all of these things, we wanna have a nice, healthy highway to optimize all of these elimination routes. Another way that I like to explain you know, how detoxification goes is imagining the scenario in which you never change the oil in your car. Now, I'm not a mechanic and I don't pretend to be, But I do know that if I have a yellow light that pops up on my dashboard and I don't take care of that sooner rather than later, we're going to probably have some compounded problems. So if one yellow light pops up or one of these, quote, detoxification organs kind of slows down or isn't working as optimally, then you might notice that down the road, it's going to, quote, cost you more. So if we can get ahead of that and take our car, our body, right, in for more regular checkups by checking in on other pathways like our kidneys and our skin and our liver, that's going to make our bill at the end a little bit cheaper. If I have one light going off on my dashboard as opposed to 20, what do you think is going to cause less problems down the road? Your body is your vehicle. Imagine that you're given one car when you turn 17 and that's it. You would say to yourself, I'm going to take care of this car really, really well. The second a light goes off, I'm going to take it to a mechanic. When I hear a weird noise, I'm going to go and get this checked out. So you have to have a clean machine as well in order to operate effectively for the life of your vehicle, which is your body. Are you having the ride of your life, or is life dragging you around? right? So again, detoxification support can make a very di- very big difference in the comfort and longevity of how long your body, or in this analogy, your car lasts. You can't just keep putting off what you need to listen to today symptoms, it's the way that your body talks to you. So if you start to notice things like you're fatigued all the time, you can't seem to lose weight even though you've been doing all these detox di- these detox diets, you also are maybe recovering poorly from the gym, you have intense cravings. These are all signs and symptoms that something is not copacetic in the body and we have to listen. And if we don't listen at our own biochemical expense and our own hormonal expense, your body will make you. So you'll start to, like I said, feel super tired. Maybe you'll have really irregular bowel movements. Maybe your skin is breaking out more regularly because what I always tell people is, what comes in must come out. Your body will find a way to make you listen. So it's easier to just listen to our body when we have these symptoms popping up. Next, we are going to get into what the different phases of detoxification actually are and what they look like because this is where we need to learn how to optimize our three phases of detoxification. And when we're talking about the conversation of waste trainers and 6-day cleanses and you know all these crazy things that people are doing to quote detox, they don't understand the underlying mechanisms that we need to be supporting all the time and how these different phases can work more optimally by you doing less. Sometimes You know, doing less and getting more out of your health just sounds like a better option. So, we're going to talk about how to optimize these different phases of detoxification and what that actually means. Now, this next segment of the podcast is called Nerd Alert because we're going to be nerding out a little bit more than we did in the first part of this show. We're going to be getting into the different phases of detoxification and supporting nutrients, and maybe just some more jargon and verbiage that is not so conversational. So, if you have to take notes, feel free. If you want to replay this part again, I would suggest it. So, let's get into the nerd alert. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. When we are talking about all things detoxification. I love to explain it as if somebody was making Sunday sauce. Again, I'm not a chef, but I am Italian and I've seen my dad cook enough in my life. And if you've been around somebody who loves to cook, you know that while they are cooking, they make a huge mess along the way, which is probably why I don't enjoy it because uh, it gives me anxiety to see the kitchen be a mess but a real chef when they're cooking and things are dropping on the floor and you know you're seeing oil spat everywhere and you know it's just a mess it's a nightmare but at the end it tastes amazing right so this is a lot how detoxification can work in the body we actually have these different phases of detoxification phase 1 and 2 a lot of people talk about we also have a third phase which is actually the elimination phase aka getting things out of the body. So you're going to need to understand that, you know again, when you're cooking uh, an amazing meal, there's going to be ingredients that fall on the floor, dishes are going to get dirty, but the end product is totally worth it. So this is where we're going to break down phase one into phase two. Again, because your body is really smart. If it sees something that is quote toxic, it's not going to just let it Pass go through your entire body without saying, hey, we need to check out what's going on here and make this less dangerous. So, this is what phase one is doing, right? So, when we're talking about phase one, this is the initial transformation phase. What this does is it takes place mostly in the liver and it involves a process called oxidation uh, reduction and hydrolysis, right? So the terms aren't necessarily important. Basically what it does is it takes these fat soluble compounds and it turns them into water soluble compounds that are said to be, uh, you know, more toxic and can be more unstable than the original toxin. So these are, you know, all of your ingredients, right? That you're getting ready to put on, on the tray, you're chopping stuff up, right? So in phase one, we have things again, like you know, high, uh, oxidation and reduction and hydrolysis and all of these, you know, crazy things. And there's a lot of different enzymes and cofactors that are super important for this to happen. This is where things like our B vitamins are going to play a really, really big role in what's going on in li- liver detoxification. This is why I always suggest when people go out drinking that they take some B vitamin supplements or they can even use something like raw honey, which is a really good source of B vitamins. We also need things like glutathione, flavonoids and different amino acids. So all of this is happening in phase 1, which then goes takes us to these intermediate metabolites which turns these toxins into water soluble toxins, right? So this is where things can become less problematic. Now, from phase 1 to phase 2, this is when we're cooking in the kitchen and we make a mess we're getting sauce on the table onions are falling on the floor the fridge is left open right we're making a mess so when our body is doing this going from phase one to phase two we're actually producing free radicals this is why there's also a lot of research about why you should not just take free radical supplements by themselves because they can actually become pro-oxidants we can talk about that at a later time however in this phase one to phase two transformation the kind of handing off of toxins if you will we have a lot of these reactive oxygen species, right? These free radical damage that can actually cause tissue damage to happen. So this is where we do need antioxidant support. You know, vitamins A and C and E are going to be really important. Coenzyme Q10 is going to be super important. Also some of these other sulfur sulfur rich kind of compounds, so things like you know, onions and quercetin, and even some of our cruciferous vegetables, all of that. And in this phase two process, this is where we have things like sulfation happen, and methylation happen, and glucuronidation happen. And so you're not getting tested on any of these terms. But just understand this conjugation phase is basically happening, happening a lot in the liver. And it's taking these phase one metabolites, right? So these, quote, toxins, and taking them and converting them into more water-soluble, less toxic compounds. So this is taking your raw ingredients that's eventually going to turn into a meatball that you're going to eat on a Sunday. So you're making a mess along the way, just to get us to phase three. Now, phase three is what people kind of stop talking about. This is the excretion phase. This is how we actually get things out of the body. So this happens, of course, in our liver. But this also happens in our kidneys and in our intestines, and this is basically transporting these conjugated compounds or these, quote, toxins out of the cells and out of the body. So I want you to think of the word words that end in asian, perspiration, urination, defecation, right? So this is when we're going to the bathroom, when we're sweating, when we're peeing. This is how we get things out of the body. So when we're having... Phase three, this is where we, again, we need our intestines to play a role, we need our kidneys to step up, we need urine, bile, and even again, our feces and stool. So this is why all of these other organs need to be talked about when we are supporting detoxification, not just taking a green juice for seven days. There's a lot of talk about the cytochrome P450 enzymes. So these enzymes are found, yes, in our liver, but we share a lot of these enzymes in the intestines as well. And basically, this is a group of enzymes that help with the detoxification process. So they help mostly in phase one detoxification. uh, And there's a lot of different cytochrome P450 enzymes. So you'll see it written out as CYP, and then there will be different numbers and letters. So there'll be like CYP1A1, CYP2A6. It sounds like an algebra problem and that gives me anxiety just listening to that. But basically what you need to know is that there's different enzymes that do different things. So in, you know, our our phase one, we have uh, an enzyme called CYP1A1 that deals solely with the metabolism of things like estrogen. Then we have, you know, a Uh, an enzyme called CYP1A2 that deals with the metabolism of our caffeine, so on and so forth. So there's all these different enzymes. When we get into phase two detoxification, this then is going to involve actually different genes and enzymes. One that is of very particular importance and I think is super interesting is something called our, our NRF2 signaling pathways. NRF2, very cool stuff you could nerd out on. Basically what these do is they act like mediators in oxidative stress. There's very cool research on how to activate these genes through things like exercise and calorie restriction. So this is where there is you know, benefits about fasting, if that works for your body. But there's also certain antioxidants and plant compounds, you know your girl loves plant compounds, that can turn on these cell signaling pathways that deal with detoxification. So these are things like alpha-lipoic acid, quercetin, right, which you can find in things like onions, uh, milk thistle, particularly silymarin, which is one of the active constituents in milk thistle, and resveratrol. There's also very, very awesome research on certain adaptogens like ginseng and schizondra, which can activate these NRF2 signaling pathways, these genes that deal with phase 2 detoxification. Now, that was a lot of information. That was a lot of science. Basically to sum up, we have three different phases of detoxification from phase one to phase two. We're making a mess. We're making free radical damage. We're having reactive oxygen species, taking these fat soluble toxins and turning them into water soluble toxins that we can pee out, that we can poop out, that we can sweat out. So this is why we need to support things like our kidneys and our gallbladder and our skin. We need more of our B vitamins and our antioxidants in that phase one detoxification, right? So, you know, glutathione, flavonoids, vitamin C and A and E. And then phase two, we see a little bit more of these amino acids stepping up. So things like, you know, glycine and NAC and methionine. So... We also want to make sure that motion is the lotion, right? So how are we getting these things out? Making sure our bowel movements are healthy. Maybe we're sweating from time to time, getting some movement in. All of this is going to play a role in what's going on in detoxification. You're not going to find any of that in a six-day juice cleanse or a swipe up code on Instagram or, you know, any of these other trends that we may be falling for. They can maybe temporarily help if you feel like mentally it's going to give you some kind of, you know forward momentum, but understand it's a much more complex subject matter than that. Lastly, we are going to get into the botanical brie segment. So this is where we're going to highlight a couple of botanicals that I love particularly to support detoxification, these other organs like our liver and our kidneys, as well as our skin and our lymphatic system, and talk about how you can also get some extra credit because I love extra credit. So our liver is of course really important um, for detoxification as we've been talking about, but it's also very important for our innate and adaptive immune system. So a lot of these botanicals that I'm going to talk about are really great for supporting all these different pathways that interconnect as far as you know, immune support and detoxification, working on the urinary tract system, working on the liver enzymes as well. So one of the ones that I really love that I think is really easy to get a hold of is actually dandelion root. There's really good research on being able to have an inhibitory effect on some of these inflammatory pathways. So dandelion tea is something that you can drink, you can make it yourself. When we're making our own herbal teas, I always definitely suggest trying to get some bulk herbs on your own. So you can use a brand like Mountain Rose Herbs, where you can get them sent to your house and make them at home. It's really easy. Another botanical that I really love is milk thistle. Again, because it contains this compound called silymarin, which is really great because it acts like an antioxidant itself. It can help to regenerate cells, but it also can protect against free radical damage, particularly if there is elevated liver enzymes or liver excess, as they would call it in Chinese medicine. And then lastly, I tell people to always remember their bitters. Bitters do not get enough attention. One of the main ways that Americans actually consume bitters is through caffeine. However, most Americans are not just drinking straight up black coffee. They're mixing it with milk and sugar. And so they're missing a lot of these different bitter benefits. We have over 25 different bitter receptors in the body. And what's really amazing about bitters is that they have these nice astringent properties. Some of them also contain compounds such as berberine, which can support the immune system that can work on some of these genes that can work on detoxification. So dandelion root, burdock, you know, Oregon grape, yellow dock, fennel, um, gentian, these are all really nice things that work on the liver and the gallbladder. And they can help with bile acid production, digestive enzymes, So if you've ever gone to like an Indian restaurant afterwards, you've ever noticed that they have some of those seeds at the end when you leave, a lot of those have bitter properties like anise and fennel and things like that. So definitely digestive bitters, I would highly suggest. And then of course, supporting some things like your lymphatic system. So using red root and red clover can be really nice and, uh, Ocotillo. So those are a little bit of the botanical brie spotlights that I really love. If you're looking for a super simple version, And a little bit of extra credit, the way that you're going to do that this week and get those extra credit points is to going to just be drinking more water and making more botanical teas. So I would say my top three botanical teas for supporting this detoxification and immune system stuff that we have going on around this conversation is going to be nettle tea, dandelion, and burdock. It's super important that we stay hydrated. Our stool is made up of about 75% water. The rest is made up of, you know, bacteria and fecal matter and undigested food and mucus and all this other stuff, but we have to stay hydrated uh, of course for our lymphatic system, but also for things like our kidneys, right? Our kidneys filter your blood about 40 times a day. Uh, They filter about half a cup of blood every minute. So that's really important because that plays a role in removing waste and excreting water to make urine. And remember, phase three detoxification is all those things that end in ation, urination, defecation, perspiration, right? So we want to get whatever we're putting in out. Again, don't forget some of those botanicals like burdock and dandelion, uh, yellow dock, and basically just take a look at what's going on with your water quality. That was a lot that we went over. It was really in-depth. We really nerded out. I would definitely suggest going back and taking some notes. Let me know if you try out any of the botanical brie teas and how much you love them. And I can't wait to see you all for the next episode. Thanks. Ciao. Ciao.